One of the big changes that has happened to women since the Middle Ages is skin care. St. Clair had very dry skin with little red veins in her cheeks. My mum used to wear a tinted moisturiser. It nourished her skin and it provided a good light base for makeup. She worked on the clinic counter in Kendall's in Manchester. Part of her job was to look more beautiful than normal mothers. She used, she used to wait for us at the school gates when we got home. She used to take the moisturiser off with a piece of cotton wool. She used to call it peeling her face. Anyway, one day she wasn't at the school gates at home time. We waited and waited and Mrs. Deuce, the secretary, phoned one of the normal mothers who came and took us back to her house instead. After a while, Dad came to collect us and he kept saying thank you and also, she's in the best place. We went with Dad to the best place and to be honest, I couldn't see what was good about it. Mum was not allowed out of bed, the telly was on all the time and everybody looked miserable. Mum stayed there for weeks and weeks and she looked more miserable every time we saw her. Her skin went grey and dry like St. Clair's. She even had the little veins in her cheeks. In fact, that was where I first became interested in saints. There was a lot of talk about saints at the time. Some of the doctors were saints. Some of the nurses were angels. St. Rita, patron saint of wives, she was mentioned a lot. St. Joseph, patron saint of the chronically ill. There was a card on him, with him, on it stuck to the bedstead. And our school all the time was All Saints Primary, which was helpful. When the three of us were at home on our own, I used to look up them and Google. That's how I found totallysaints.com. It was good to read about the miracles they did and to think that things did not always turn out the way you expected. And then one day, someone said she'd gone to a better place, which only went to show that the best place couldn't have been the best place after all, not if there was somewhere better. No one ever took us to the better place, though. And when we made inquiries, no one was very geographical about it. They just said, she's gone to a better place, and now you, haven't, you have to be really, really good boys for your dad. They seemed to be hinting that he might go off to the better place himself if we weren't careful. So we were careful, always, all the time. I definitely remember someone saying we could see her again in the better place. So when the talk of promontory close started, I thought, this must be the better place. Otherwise, why go there? The minute I saw those pointy roofs, I knew I'd made a mistake. It was good, but not that good. It turned out that when people were talking about the better place, they were just being metaphorical. The next day, Dad stopped me on our way out to, to school. You remember the trip you had the letter about? It's today. Oh, but won't we be too late? When we went to Langolan with All Saints Primary, we had to be there at half past seven. No, no, it's not the whole class, it's just you and me. Come on, jump in. So I got in the car and off we went. I don't usually ride in the front passenger seat, but because it was just me and Dad, I did that day.
It was good. He gave me a little photocopied map with a yellow highlighter ring drawn around one of the roads. He said, keep that handy till I need it. It all seemed a bit unusual, but before I could ask him a question, he said, here, look what I found. We haven't listened to this for ages. And he put on a tape of Martin Jarvis reading Just William. It was really funny. The one that the one about the baby with Lumbago. I laughed so much that I didn't notice till we got there that Dad wasn't listening. Still, he was going somewhere he'd never been before, so I imagine he was concentrating on directions. We parked outside a big old house in a wide curry road curvy road at the edge of a park. What what is it? It's just a house. We were at the door. There was a brass nameplate. Why is it called Huskisson House? Are the people called Huskisson? I don't know. I don't know the people. Then what are they doing here? I started to get one of my panics. I said, I really have been trying to be good, you know. I know. And you are good. Very good. Excellent. I want them to see how excellent you are. We went into a room with a wicker chair. There was a pile of magazines on the table. Scottish Caravanner was the most interesting looking one. A woman with long straight hair, long straight earrings came and asked us to follow her. I realised when we got to the corridor that I'd accidentally brought the magazine with me. I didn't want them to think I was stealing it, so I went to replace it. When I got back out into the corridor, there was no one there. I was under a great temptation to just walk out of the main entrance and run away. But then Dad looked out of one of the doors and called me in. When I went into the room, the woman with the long earrings was saying, and he's been self-harming. Well, he's got some scratches. Shall we take a look then? Damien, would you mind taking your shirt off? I took my shirt off and she looked at my back and I looked at this big sad mask she had on the wall. I think it was African. She said, not very deeply, but lots of them. What did he do do them with? Dad looked at me. I said truthfully, Holly, so you did this to yourself. Well, I put the holly in my shirt. Dad said, why? But before I could explain, she raised a finger and said, I want to avoid anything confrontational. She asked me lots more questions and asked me how I got to sleep at night if I had bad dreams at all. The strangest one was, do you see things that aren't there? If you can see something, that is, then it's there, it, isn't it? How can it not be there if you can see it? Well, come back, we'll come back to that, she said with a big bright smile. Then she took one of her earrings out and started to fiddle with it. I'm going to say a few words and I'd like you to tell me the first word that that the first word that my word puts into your head. Do you think you could do that for me? It didn't sound very difficult. All right then. And the first word is little. Flower. Okay. She looked a bit puzzled and she wrote something down saying interesting, unusual. I said, like a little flower, you know. No need to explain, just the first word you think of the next word is cake. Soap. Very good, Belle. Leaper. She frowned and said, oh. But then she said, K, a bit later. Shirt, hair, 
She didn't say okay this time. She said, excuse me. Dad said, hair, shirt, you know, like. She flapped her hand at him but kept looking at me. Fly, she said. I said, Joseph of Copper. Tino, 1603-63. I could see this didn't mean anything to her, so I went on. He was a monk. He was supposed to be not right in the head, but he could levitate. When they were building the church at Grotella, he used to fly up to the roof and help the workmen. I know it sounds mad, but all sorts of people saw him, including the famous cynic Voltaire and the great mathematician, Leibniz. It's illuminating to think of Leibniz, one of the great minds in history, being awestruck by a supposed simpleton. She was impressed because she dropped her earring. Also, she didn't ask me any more words. That one must have just hit the spot. Dad said, I don't know where he gets it, I said. Totallysaints.com it has great links, and you can search for the, for saints by what they're patron of. Say you wanted to know who the pa- patron of Saint Af- of African masks. She said, I don't, it's not mine, and closed her notebook, picked up her earring, and put it back in. On the way to school, I could see Dad was worried about something, so I decided to make a conversation. I said, it would probably be one of the matrons of Uganda, the the most popular African saints. The main one was beheaded, but the rest were, Damien, will you please for once shut up about saints? In fact, not for once, for good, okay? It's not natural, it's not excellent. Okay, what? I was astounded by that. He could say something like that. How could he say something like that? How can they not be excellent? That's the whole point of them. The whole point is, Damien, I'm warning you. I decided to forbear. I changed the subject to Scottish caravans and campervans. There are two different sorts of caravan, Tauras and Statics. Statics don't move. Tauras have names like Marauder and Ambassador and Highwayman. Why, though? I mean, you can't really see a highwayman driving round in a campervan, can you? Or an ambassador, unless he was the ambassador of a very, very small country. Dad looked like he wasn't really interested, but he must have been quite interested in these observations because he did stop and buy me a king-sized Mars bar. Here, get your choppers round that, he said. At home time, I tried to describe it all to Anthony, but it... I kept trying to be good, I said, but I couldn't figure out what they wanted, Anthony said. They think you're bonkers. I'd never thought of that, but the thing is, so what? They thought Joseph Copertino was bonkers and he could fly. He could fly away if he wanted to. Miles away. It was getting dark when we got back to ours. The late, latter day, saints passed us on their bikes. They all had reflective strips on their helmets. They glowed like little hallows. When we went to bed, I kept thinking about them and how it could, how it, how good it could be if they were saints, literally. 
but then I started to worry about the what the later day bit meant. Dad was addicted to worldly knowledge. In our old house, he belonged to a pub quiz team called the Know-Alls. They always won. He used to wake us up and say, which spot do you win by, going backwards, and so on. So I decided to go and ask him what latter day meant. I admit, it was three o'clock in the morning, but I was still surprised when he said, I don't know, do I? And rolled over and went to sleep. I climbed in next to him. He doesn't have the general knowledge he once had. In the end, I couldn't get back to sleep. I decided to go and Google something that the Mormons, I eventually found latterdaysaints.org, which told me all I need to know. The Latter-day Saints, or Mormons, were founded in New York in 1827 by a man called Joseph Smith. An angel called Moroni gave him a set of gold tablets covered in strange writing. He found that if he wore a special pair of spectacles, he could read the writing and that it told the story of how the lost tribe of Israel went to live in America in 600 BC. The angel took the gold plates and the spectacles back when Mr. Smith had finished reading. It was all a bit literal. It was still dark, but I decided to put my uniform on and go down to the hermitage. As soon as I stepped outside, I changed my mind. It was freezing, like stepping on into a cold shower when you think it's warm. I suddenly realised what a great idea bed was. Unfortunately, the front door had closed behind me and I couldn't get back in. It wasn't any warmer in the hermitage. I began to regret putting windows in. I huddled in the corner and tried to take my mind off the cold by putting some of the tinted moisturiser on the back of my hand. It wasn't the colour of her skin, but it was the colour that her skin was, if you see what I mean. Then I tried to meditate on the difficulties of being good. You think you're being good, then it turns out you're being a problem or not natural. Then I started to think about the saints and how Dad didn't seem to like them anymore, and maybe they weren't all they were cracked up to be, and it was just all a big misunderstanding. Then I thought that these doubts were just another temptation, so I tried to say a prayer, but all I could think of to say was, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. My mum is dead, Amen. Even that little prayer took me about five minutes to say because my teeth kept chattering. God must have heard me, though, because he answered it. And you know what? He did the same thing as everyone else. He gave me something. Just as I finished the prayer, a, tra a train went past, a huge gust of oily air burst into the hermitage, making all the flaps flap. I looked out. The train had no windows. It was just a huge block of night on wheels, screaming past the holly bushes. As I watched, a little scrap of darkness seemed to get free out of the big darkness and, came and come rolling through the air towards me. It crashed into the front end of the hermitage, smashing the boxes flat and letting even more cold air in. It squatted on the flattened cardboard like a big leathery toad. I went over and touched it. It was a bag. It had come apart along the zip and its insides were spilling out. And its insides were money. It wasn't a vision or a visitation as such. I suppose you could call it a sign, a big loud sign. It was money. 
banknotes, piles and piles of them, thousands and thousands of pounds, millions even.